back to episode 180 of Tallboy Radio. Yes, you would think with a number like that we would be talking about darts. And you would be quite wrong, because we're going to be talking about something entirely different altogether. As we always say, who knows where it goes when the beer flows. So, without further ado, let's say hello to the two hosts that are with us tonight. Gazza? Yeah, evening all, evening the world. I'm really looking forward to this. I say it pretty much most weeks. You know, I love when we have a podcast with, with a guest on. That's a little teaser. And it's always great, particularly with people who we haven't had on before, just to sort of chat about them and what they do and, and, and this and the other. And no doubt, like most of our uh, episodes, there'll be one or two left turns along the way. So, yeah, looking forward to this. Indeed, indeed. Dave? Evening all, glad to be back. Great to have another guest. And uh, I've done zero research, but uh, I think the phrase let's get ready to rumble might might or might not fit in. I don't know. Absolutely, dude. Absolutely. Oh, I didn't cracking. I didn't think you'd know object one about what we're going to be talking about tonight. So without further ado, let's introduce our guest. James, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is that you do? Hello, everyone. Pleasure to be on. My name's uh, James Ellis and uh I am a professional wrestler. Indeed, indeed. So, guys, I know you're a fan of wrestling. Yeah. I know, you know, I know we used to watch it way back in the day as well. Dave, is it your thing? No, not at all. No, I didn't think you know the first thing about it. So, James, so tell us a little bit about it. Tell us tell us a little bit about what your life involves then. Right. It's a bit, it's a bit of a blank question, to be honest with you, mate, because, um, like, usually when, like, these sort of, I do these sort of things like podcasts or, you know, like video chats and like that about wrestling. It's very much usually I'm in my gimmick. And if you can see from my shirt, I'd move my camera up a little bit. But it says the brilliance. So I'll, if that's going to give you any indication, I'm a, I'm a bit of a bit of a knob. Can I, oh, prick, can I swear? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can. Oh, yeah, you can. <laughs> yeah, uh, complete prick, guy. Complete prick. <laughs> and that's the character that I, I play on most I most on most shows that I'm on, you've caught me at a good time to be honest with you. I've been doing it about four years now. Well, count COVID year and a half off really because shows didn't really run. But like the last two years have been a little bit of a like a, a rise to especially put it, a rise in terms of like where I was compared to now and the amount of shows I'm on and the people I train with and the people I've wrestled. It's a lot different to what it was when I first started. Let's put it that way and the people and where I trained and everything. Yeah, it's it's changed dramatically, to put it best. Yeah, fair play, fair play. So you said there about your nickname is that's the brilliance. Yeah, we see. I've seen that. I've seen a few clips that you've shared on Twitter as well. Some of the videos. It's. I tell you what, dude, it's pretty. It is really, really good quality stuff. So you're saying there about your training. How much training do you do? Because I will say for the for the guys who haven't seen it, you are in pretty decent shape, aren't you? I wasn't when I started. Let's put it that way. I wasn't when I started. Yeah, it's still on average. Uh, for looking at training, like gym training, four to five times a week, and then wrestling training, usually once. Well, at, at least once, maybe once or twice. But like for example, last week I trained. I was it was only it was a seminar with um an ex WWE and TNA wrestler, and that was three hours long. So like, it's pretty intense. Like you know what I mean? It's um. It's, it's it's it it really depends to go off on a bit of a tangent as you said it really depends on where you train like what training school you pick there's like a number now and i'm i'm like talking to the tens and you know tens and above of like training schools that are run by people who used to be like either in wwe or been to the states or japan whereas i think maybe like say even six seven years ago obviously wwe uk wasn't a thing you wouldn't have had many. You'd have you'd have had high level trainers who hadn't been there yet, but they've been like like I said to your Japan's or like done a little tour to America or Canada, but not on the level of quality there is now at all. Especially where I started as well. Like I don't think any of them would watch this, but where I started, just put it this way, like to be respectful, it was not the best. It was not the best place to begin your journey. <laughs> but so, in, in many ways, it it was. It it yeah. it's it's a weird story. Can I just ask for clarity? This is WWE and not sort of Big Daddy or Grecian Wrestling or something else. Best way to put it, it, it is the WWE. It's, it's WWE style wrestling, but I have done camp shows, which you would like kind of associate with Big Daddy and the 80s and 90s and 
like world of sport sort of thing. But I was I was going to mention all... that. I was going to say the world of sport because like you, you've got like Big Daddy Jack Haystacks, was it Mick McManus and people like that, you know? And and I, and yeah. I love that. That was brilliant. And then and I think that's probably what got me started to watching the WWE. And I wasn't a or back in the day WWF, but then obviously they had that big lawsuit and da 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 da. da. But but I don't think I was as big a fan as Adam. I mean Adam, you you were a huge fan. You went sort of WrestleMania and stuff, didn't you? And all you know you, you saw various live shit. SummerSlam, sorry, not WrestleMania. Yeah, sorry, SummerSlam. Yeah, uh, and I never watched one of the one of the live shows, but I was a bit of a fan, and you know I got got my favourites and stuff. So yeah, but no, the world of sport. I was going to talk about that. Is that is that was something? How did you get started? Then was it something that? like your folks used to watch and you just end up growing up what your or was it wwe and that was how you got hooked on it so basically to give you a little story as i feel like we're just gonna have to go in and out of stories today so my 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 mother was given a load of wrestling figures by her friend their son had outgrown them he was a lot older than me i was about six or five or six at the time just a box of wrestlers. Didn't have a clue what they were. For all I knew, they were just either action men. Didn't have a, they was like the rock, stone cold. I was given like one of those endless platforms where you put the wrestler on it, played the music, everything. Really? I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. And then we didn't have Sky Sports in my house, so I didn't watch it. I didn't, obviously, YouTube were a thing, like, so I just didn't watch it. And then we were in a party about, say, I was like seven. Yeah, seven. Oh, four. In a, in a party with my parents, like over their friends' house, got to like 11 o'clock, seven-year-old, still up, like, this is cool. Walk, like, it's a classic wrestler story. Walk past the TV, notice what was like SmackDown, and the first match I watched, if memory serves me correct, was Rob Van Dam and Rey Mysterio versus Rene Dupree and Kenzo Suzuki, which I know at least one of you is not going to have a clue any of them, huh? <laughs> Foreign like, language. Maybe it's it's 2004, so maybe none of you. But I was just, it was one of those, I was in awe of it, started becoming obsessed with then. Would like, when I went over my nans, would like watch it on like the wrestling channel, would watch it on the wrestling channel over here because it was free on Sky, on like the sports like section of Sky. But I didn't even watch the review, I was watching like TNA, wasn't like and J- Japanese wrestling sometimes as well. Didn't really get the Japanese wrestling because it was like proper. Now I do. Now I've done it. Like I get what kind of wrestling it is. It's like it, it's a completely different style to like American. Like you've got American wrestling, Japanese wrestling, you've got British wrestling, European wrestling. It's I like and I've, I've I've done seminars under coaches who like do British wrestling, and it's just completely different. It's 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 proper like silky smooth hold for hold wrestling, whereas American is big moves and big characters. It's it's a it's a class world to be involved in if you if you if you're interested in it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Do you know, like I say, you you can probably tell by the whiskers in my beard that I'm a little bit older than you guys are. So yeah, I had heard of some of those wrestlers, but going back in the day, I, it was it was the like the Hulk Hogan and people like that that I watched like in WWE, and and, and the same as Gaz said, World of Sport. It was there were some absolute characters there. The likes of Giant Haystacks, Big Daddy, like you said, one of my favourites was just Brian Glover, who's he was an actor and he did it like well, he was a student and he was earning himself a bit of extra money. Absolutely fantastic to watch. Very, very, very entertaining. So it's interesting to hear how you got into it. And it's that that sort of sucked you in. And it's interesting actually. We've had a few people on and they've talked about childhood memories and stuff like that and things that just resonated with them for one reason or another and just pulled them in and then as an adult, you find yourself doing it. And obviously, you're having to work pretty hard to keep yourself in shape to do it as well. So, you know, it's a physical it's a physical thing that you're doing as well, dude. Have you, have you ever seen anybody get, like, pretty seriously hurt doing it? Touch wood, not yet. Uh, I haven't seen anyone get seriously. I've seen someone, like, hurt themselves, as in, like, concussion, like, stuff like that. But I haven't personally been on a show where, like, someone's broken a bone, like, even down to a wrist or a finger. I've never... I mean, uh, luckily, I haven't seen any of that. I know people who have. Like, I know people who, I know someone who was on a show about three or four months ago, and in the in the second match of the evening, someone literally just snapped their leg in half, like, went through went through the skin and everything. Oh, um, real sad, like, you know, and then not only are you, like, in rehab, like, don't know about work and stuff like that, what, what that person did, but you then got to, like, a lot of the times, you know, some they have a lot of bookings coming over the next few months, gotta cancel all them and you know, it's it's not a good thing, like, you know, you've got to keep each other safe and 
that's another key aspect of like wrestling is especially on this level when a lot of people have other jobs that they need to go to and a lot of people i found like have jobs where can't really get injured either because they're self-employed or they have their own business stuff like that you know it's it's, it's it's different. Like certain people have like jobs where they got healthcare, so they they can be off. Obviously, they are, you know what I mean. But yeah. it's it, it is a dangerous sport, and you are literally going out there and putting your body on the line. You know, yeah. all right, you, you might get paid for it, but at the same time, like there's people who are doing it for a lot more money than you. When you're arranging the fights on on that basis, you, a lot of it must you must have to trust the person you're fighting against. So is there an element of you have to either know them personally or you have to trust their reputation from people you know before you'll fight with them? I mean, do you ever refuse to fight because you think, I don't trust that person? I've wrestled people I don't trust. I like saying it. it like, I, I have an element of trust in everyone, but I have like wrestled people. I'm like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, this, this could go a little bit awry. It's just, it's just the way I, I, I personally like, gauge people like on how I meet them if I haven't like met them before. If I meet them and like they're sound enough, like I'm a nice person. Like I'm not like my character outside the ring at all. I, at least I think so. Anyways, obviously there's an element of it, but like not, not to the extent. Like I know yeah. I'm playing it. I'm playing a. I'm playing a role. You know what I mean? But like I will, I will definitely gauge people before I've like. And a lot. But the problem is in Wales, especially like. I'm on like most of my shows are on in Wales, which is great because like I'm just traveling. But then I do like to branch out and meet new people. It's networking, but I know a lot of the people I wrestle. You would go out and if you're given like 15 to 20 minutes, you're gonna go out there and you're gonna because you trust them, like and you know that they can do the moves. You can really put your body in the line. Like come out and be like, Oof. just just what just one one question. I suppose it's the age-old question, and you might not want to answer this. It's obviously scripted. To what extent is it scripted? Is it literally like almost a dance that you go through? Is it move after move after move that's scripted, or do you have certain points within a fight that you have to be in this position? Or so to answer that question, because it's scripted. I say it's choreographed theatre. That, right. that choreograph fight, and I say that with a, with a, with it with a twist because like people who ask that question, obviously like you know it's your thought in it, you haven't been in there. Well, if you're in there and you're taking the bumps, trust me, like you you understand it's it's a lot different to what you you can think. It's all like scripted and semi yeah. and it's just trampoline, and it's like I can't I can't answer that question properly for you. It's like. I'm not that experienced, you know what I mean? Yeah. You probably ask someone with a lot more experience, they probably go a little bit off on you, because it's like, get in there and have a go, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So we had a friend called Todd Orndorff, now he's based in near Pittsburgh in Pennsylvania, and he's been on, and he's, he's trained as wrestling, he got he did himself a bit of a mischief, actually, unfortunately, couldn't couldn't take it to the level that he wanted to. Mm. But the one the one thing he did tell us is, like, when you've been bounced off the ropes and stuff, and you're slamming on that mat, it ain't soft. It does hurt, you know what I mean? It does kick your butt. Oh. It's, the best way to put it is, like, see a ring. If you if you could look and see how a ring is built, it'll, like, give you a, a lot more understanding and, like, what the person that you're watching is going through. And just a note on it, the best thing I could give you in terms of, like, the, the scripted nature of, like, professional wrestling, it's, if, you, if you're on, a, on, a, on like, a, a level show, like an independent show, you might have five matches on the card. The promoter will be there. The promoter will tell you, or the booker. It can you can have like an owner and a booker, which are different. Like the owner obviously pays everyone, puts the show on, promotes the show, and then you have a booker who actually is like a wrestler who books for the show, for the promoter for the show. He or she, they'll tell you, right? You've got wrestler A, wrestler B. Wrestler A is the bad guy. B is the good guy. You've got 15 minutes, wrestler B is over, the good guy, make him look strong. And that's the script you're given. And then as wrestlers, you're expected to deliver to the audience that story. Like sometimes they'll be a bit more in depth. Like certain shows will have like repeat wrestlers on. Like I'm on like a show, like certain promotions I'm on all year. So I will have like a storyline because the same fans will, like mostly the same fans will watch every show. So they'll know like who you are, and yeah, it just varies. And then you have like you do the camp shows, and like they're they're brilliant. They're brilliant to learn off. Like all these shows, are just brilliant to learn off. Like that's the 
that's the key thing I'll get over on this this um this podcast today is that like I'm still developing and like I haven't even touched the surface yet of where I want to go or how hopefully how good I could get you know just keeping keeping my head down keeping humble and training and getting on shows like that's the best way to put it that's the way you get better at it yeah fair play fair play so tell us then a little bit about your character then like the, the brilliance obviously you play like the heel so have you ever watched the tv series hustle has anyone uh, here watched the tv series hustle yeah i think so yeah no i have yeah early stuff or the latest stuff probably the latest like stuff i think he's one two three yeah. right okay what about that he means nothing then um <laughs> there's a character on the early stuff called danny called danny blue like they always say like don't one of the key answers I was given at the start was like, don't base your character off like a feeling. You know what I mean? Like base it off something you've seen on like a TV film or like a TV series or a film. Like that was the first thing. Base it off that. Like what would your character do in certain situations, but then translate it to a wrestling environment. Uh, and the brilliance is basically like Danny Blue is his character and he always just like is cocky and always thinks he's like one step ahead of the game but then in reality a lot of the times he can get caught out but somehow at the end of like each episode he sort of manages to find a way to make it all good again and get get from point a to point b the brilliance is that but in a like cheating way like i'll be brash i'll be cocky i'll say i'm i can do this i'm the brilliance and then like i might go and get my ass kicked for 10 minutes and then in the 11th minute I'll do something, cheat, and then win. And then you get the reaction or hopefully get the desired, desired reaction from what you want from the fans. Or if I lose, brilliant. They start cheering because I got my ass kicked and I lost. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, have you yeah. ever done any sort of drama training or, or anything like that? Or have you just picked the acting side up, if you like, the, the drama, the dramatisation of it as you went along? No, I, I did do acting when I was younger from about eight to... 16 i did like i did dramas i did like a youth theater they chose did like uh, an acting school till i was like 11 12 uh like you know acting agency then i went like left that because he was just making pay money for not getting anything back for it really you get auditions and like you're an 11 year old kid and you're getting told yeah can you be in london on monday i'm like i got school you know what <laughs> i mean my pet, yeah. parents both work full time and uh yeah so that that I did that till 16. I did it in like in GCSEs and stuff. Like I was in the school shows. But yeah, so that, that kind of like probably stood in my favour, but not in a... I wasn't very good at it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like the, the character out there is me. Like I know that certain aspects I've got to exaggerate and like be a dick for being a dick's sake. But the character is me like, because I think I am funny in a way of like, I don't mean to be funny, but I'm just a bit of a tip. Um... <laughs> And you reflect that, like you're given some direction from a promoter who's, or a booker or a trainer who's like saying, right, add this into your character, or this should be perfect for you. And you add these little bits into it, and then it just sort of like evolves as time goes on. Like I started out wearing, like, I wanted the brilliance to be literally, it literally was me. Like I wore nice clothes, or, like I wore a shirt and chinos, or I wore a shirt and trousers, I wore like skinny jeans and polo, like Fred Perry polos. That was every promo I did was in that. And now I'm sitting sitting here talking to you with a Tommy Jeans hat and my my own merch. Like two or three years ago, I would have I would have probably turned up in a polo. Like certain ones I still do, but I felt like this was a bit more of a calm like environment. I didn't like feel the need to do like that full gimmick. Like and you know the way the way I dress to the ring where I wear that change that changed and evolved. Like when I started out, I was wearing really shit tights that were just plain black with Lonsdale boots, which I covered up with tape because I was embarrassed I was wearing Lonsdale. <laughs> so I covered them with black tape. And then, like, I got, like, slowly, like, because I, I said I was in a really, like, not very good promotion and not very good training school. Like, I was in a ring within five months, like, on a show. I could barely do a wrist lock. I could barely lock <laughs> up, and I was doing matches, which is what I, like, kind of touched on earlier. Like, if I didn't have that experience of going in so early and not being prepared and then like you know i like noticed um that i was like this is not good this is not what i want to do with this if i want to give this a go then i'm gonna have to like move on and then covid hit and like i was like oh 
better go now, you know, about four or five months in, just like obviously no rest and training, nothing. I was like, well, I'm either going to sack this off now or try and give it a go. Like I was 23 at the time. It's like, if I want to do it, now is the time. So I left to go to another training school. I've gone off on a complete tangent here, but like, it kind of <laughs> like adds into the story. <laughs> so yeah, to sum up, I was put in the ring after five months, did like 10 matches. I literally was like every month would be shitting myself if I went out there because I didn't know what I was doing. Like I didn't know if anything looked good. Like couldn't tell. Like the kit I was wearing didn't look good. This was not what I was like. If I imagine myself like, pro wrestling, this was not it. So I was like, this is not what I like. And I, I could see it, but I couldn't find a way to get out of it because I felt like if I went to a different training school, it's the old adage. If I went like, it's like, I don't know, you're playing for a shit football team. There's an opportunity to go and join another football team. Obviously not like Premier League. I'm talking like local league level. They're better, but you don't want to go and train for them because you feel like every one of their players is going to be better than you. You're going to stand out like a sore thumb. Like that is how I looked at it. And then COVID hit and I was like, fuck this. The, you know, the world's gone fucking mental. Like, you know, it's now or never. I'm going to go and be the shit person in this training school. So instead of being like, you know, the big fish in a little pond. I was like, the small fish in an ocean. Anyways, so that happened. Started training there in a different school for like, I think I was like seven months, I think. Maybe like seven, eight, maybe maybe a year. Maybe a year. I like, maybe a year. Uh, but this was like infrequent because of COVID as well. As soon as the school would be shut for like two yeah. weeks because you couldn't like, you know. But I started getting booked on these shows because someone who I'd met, the first school I was in, who was a wrestler, but also lived in the area, so he came to train in. He'd been doing it for years. He made his own promotion. He booked me on it. He gave me the chance. And he said, like, be yourself. And I'd come up with the brilliance prior. And I'd done it on a couple of shows, but I'd, like, got new boots. And, you know, like I said, the gear, I had better gear. You know, I even wore wrist tape. Like, didn't wear wrist tape before. Like, it's a, it's a, you see every wrestler, they got wrist tape on. Didn't wear it because... I wore like biking gloves, like as in like gloves you wear to ride on a bicycle. <laughs> there was nothing brilliant about me. I was calling myself brilliant. <laughs> yeah. So long story short, like started going to different seminars in like England, meeting different wrestlers, like training the better people, and then joined the current school I am at. I'm in now. I made marks last year, get trained by like two ex WWE wrestlers every week now. Had so many connections off doing that. Like, got lucky, got like, been put in good positions on these shows that my training school does. And just, you know, like I said, right place, right time. Put the work in, get a little bit of luck, you know, get better and, like, just keep your head down and work hard. And that's the brilliance now. Like, you know, I, yeah. that, that's change, that, you know, that's, that's me. So, yeah, that's the, that's, the, that's the long and short story of me and wrestling. Honestly, it's interesting. It is interesting on the just to hear the journey that people take because there's going to be people that listen to this podcast who are big fans of wrestling and want to hear a little bit about it. They want to hear about the different people that you're training with, and then there's going to be other folks out there who like to listen to every us every week and find out something about something that they may not know about. So to hear your journey and how you got started, I think is interesting. And it's also very interesting, just from a personal level, just to hear how you perceive yourself, and then you know, and how, and how you've taken it on in your, you know, in yourself. So you were going out there and you're feeling underprepared. Now I'm guessing you feel like you, you've got a good idea of who you are. You know what you're doing, and that character that you bring out in the ring, like I say, it's a little bit of you, but it's someone that you know well. You know what I mean? It must be it must be interesting. But I just want to take you back a little bit then. So you see, you train there with a couple of ex WWE wrestlers. Can you tell us those people just out of interest? Are the people we may or know or not? Absolutely. So if I go back to say before where I train now, the school I'm in now is called New Wave Wrestling Academy. I will put them over. I my first training. So I was on a show. So the first show back after after COVID, like properly, like sort of like restrictions lifted, shows were now on. Like I said, this friend I'd made from the start of my wrestling journey, actually, he was there in the first session. And I've said this on multiple occasions, and I don't mean any dis disrespect by this, but I turned up at this training school I was in and I like talked to everybody because I'm a personal, like been to university, bit of social experience, know what I'm doing, like, know to speak to people. 
spoke to everyone. And if I hadn't spoke to him and we'd spoke about football, then I wouldn't have gone back the week after. So, like, he can be blamed for, like, me coming back and staying <laughs> at that training school, but then also he can be blamed for helping me out loads after as well. Anyways, so, like I said, he booked this show. And he booked this ex-WWE wrestler on it. And this wasn't, like, WWE UK, which was, which was on TV at this time. But he'd been in the American version, and he was on this show. Now, to me, I was like, ah, mind blown he was on this show. I thought... He's coming down. He's coming down to South Wales to be on a show. And anyways, he was on it. He was on the show. He was sound, uh, really nice guy. Give me some feedback on my match, which I didn't ask for. He just said he just what kept me and said, "Oh, I'll watch your match before I went out." And I was there. I got shit. My, I was like, "If I'm gonna be shit now, I well, there we are. The dream's <laughs> over." You know what I mean? And I probably wasn't very good, but I wasn't like bad, bad. Uh, anyway, so he gave me some feedback on the match. Uh, kept in touch with him. And I went up to one of his, I went up to his training school, which is in like Salisbury. His name's Joel Redman. He was wrestling and uh, wrestled in WWE under the name Oliver, the American, obviously, you know, WWE America, WWE NXT. It's like the developmental brand. So I went and trained with him, and that was like inside, because that was like British, because he was known for like British wrestling, like proper British, like heavy. It was a like heavy warm up. Everything was like intense. Loads of press ups. Loads of sit ups. Loads of squats, you know, like proper train. Like it was not far because he wrestled in Japan as well. There was a lot of Japanese style stuff as well, like the the training re- regime of it. Anyways, but it was great. Uh, loved it. Hard work, but great. Stayed in contact. Was in their group. Then made it into a seminar at a show. So I went to a seminar before a show with one of someone he'd recommended for everyone to go to. And then I got booked on their show, on that show over there. And like I said, this is where the snowball luck effect was. If I hadn't met him, didn't go to his school, this wouldn't have happened. Anyways, fast forward, joined New Wave, uh, and they're coached by... So, like, if you look at the Welsh team, there's, there's, a, there's a few rest to stick out the names. Uh, Wild, Wild Ball, Mike Hitchman, uh, Mark Andrews, he's been in WWE and TNA. Uh, who else is there? Uh, Flash Morgan Webster. Uh, there's a woman wrestler, woman's wrestler called Danny Luna. So Wild Ball, Mike Hitchman is a trainer at that school that I go to, New Wave. Uh, Danny Luna's a coach. And then you've got like two top end independent wrestlers called Brendan White and Nico Angelo. And then you have Danny Jones, who's also been on WWE TV as well. Uh, on these have all been on WWE UK. So like the caliber, yeah. like you know, you don't you don't just get signed if you you know you're not very good at your job, like you know. The caliber of training is incredible. Yeah, it is. It's you a know, really good environment as well. For those in the know, I guess those names will probably mean a little bit more than perhaps they do to yeah. to, to us. But uh, you know, fair play. There's a lot of experience there to be picking up on. So, who who are the biggest names then in Welsh wrestling at the moment, other than your good self? You know, who who else should our should our listeners be keeping an eye out for? I mean, if I was lucky enough, I'm probably like an up and coming youngster. Like the biggest, like. So the biggest names in like Welsh wrestling right now that aren't like on the Welsh wrestling camp shows because like those I've been on those shows and they're great to be fair, you know I've done like uh, a trek up trek up Bay Holiday Park, you know that is in Call, like that area of South Wales wrestling in front of like eight hundred people, you know what I mean? It's it's mental. So but they they like a lot of the wrestling on there like only do Welsh wrestling, whereas I've like been able to like luckily been able to dip in and out. And get a little, like an experience of everything, and I'm, I I enjoy the independent style of wrestling more, but that's just me. So like the biggest stars in like I say like uh, Wild Boar, Mike Hitchman is one, Brandon White. Like I said, anyone I named earlier of those right. five, Mark Andrews, Flash, Webster, you know, great. Harrison Bennett's another one. Like these are all like you know, if you never heard of them, some people who listen might have heard of them. Uh, I'm trying to think off the top of my head now. You've you've you flabbergasted me. Uh, <laughs> we like to do that. Yeah, the the yeah, I'm just I'm literally just thinking off the top of my head. We're Welsh now. I I, <laughs> the same, I I don't even know. It's a it's a wrestler called Elijah. He's brilliant. I've wrestled him a few times. Uh, he's a very good friend of side of the ring as well. He's really helped me over the last like few months because I've wrestled him loads on these shows, and they're not like five minute matches. They've been like fifteen to twenty minute matches. Um, God, who else? Uh, Splits McPins, great name, great character. If you can think of what do you think the gimmick is, Splits McPins. Splits McPins. I, I'm guessing. What, what do you think is? What, I'm guessing he can. Can he do the splits? 
Am I, am I, am I overthinking it? Think of a second. Think of a second name. Pins. Yeah, he's not. He's not one of these dudes who just the slams onto pins and stuff, does he? Like the the no. tag. Go on. Oh. Any ideas or not? Is it? Is it? I mean, this is this referring to the old wrestling pin? Like no. one, two, three. It's, it's, no. It's to do with bowling. Oh. So he comes out and, he, and he's got a mask that's like a bowling ball. Uh, he has like stripey, like stripey, um, stripey. What are they called? Tights. Yeah. He has like a bowling jacket, like bowling shirt as his as his entrance gear. Brilliant, but a great wrestler as well. Play. I've just got a question I need clarifying because um, you've mentioned a few times about the camp shows. Is that like a holiday yeah. camp as opposed to a Grey Norton yeah. camp? Holiday, yeah, holiday camp. Right, okay. Grey Norton wrestling is a whole different podcast. That's just something completely different. That is. <laughs> I, I didn't know if that was just a particular sort of, you know, genre or theme of uh, wrestling camp, but now no. you, you mentioned about playing in front of 800, so I, I guess then it might have been a holiday camp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I should have cried. That was just no, right. No. In, in so, everybody else got it. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> so just, just saying, what, what's your, how far can this go? What's your dream at? Like, where do you want to take this? Are you happy at the level that you're at? I, I'm sort of assuming that you have a, a, another job as well. Or is mm. it, you know, is it something that you want to do full time? Would it be financially beneficial for you to get to go full-time like where you know if we were talking to you in five years time where would you be well five years time like when i started this obviously i didn't think i'd even like i think my first my first go- i set like goals with every sort of like i don't know it's like not not chapters i find i feel like i, I feel like it's a good word for this chapter you, you close it you close you close, you end one chapter, start a new one within that, but within like certain aspects of your life, and like wrestling is now like firmly one of those. And I, when I started, I had like mini goals. Like one was like wrestle a match, then it was wrestle ten matches. Yeah. Then it was wrestle someone who like has wrestled for the WWE, and like slowly but surely, luckily, I was ticking these off. So like next one I got, and I was wrestle one hundred matches, which I'm about six or seven off wrestle 50 matches in a year you know like little things like this um and i feel like maybe if you ask me this question in two years i'll probably be like oh like i want to do a tour of japan or i want to do a tour of america maybe get signed like there's a there's meant to be like a WWE european brand coming up now put the uk's closed they want to make it like all of europe um so maybe like in like three years time get an opportunity there you know i'm still relatively young in terms of wrestling i'm 25 now and if you ask me in five years probably like i don't know i'd be like just enjoying it if i if nothing had come of it i'd be like i've lived like a like a dream that i wanted to do but no i think that like my my attitude towards it and what it could be has completely changed in like the last year because of the people i've been around and the confidence and like the the ability they instill in you and the willingness just to get better and better it's like completely you know i was motivated for it before i've been motivated since i came back like from COVID, because I wanted to give it a go. Like I got in shape, I started tanning, so I actually looked a little bit decent on shows. You know, I like changed everything about like the way I looked on shows, and you know, and I got like the mini rewards. Uh, I got more busy, and I was trying to keep on getting busier and just getting yeah. better. Like that's the way I look at it. And I feel like if you set yourself too lofty targets, you really get caught on the rat race of it all. Because when you're in it, trust me, it's easy to get caught in that. Like one month you might be wrestling like ten times and you might be booked, you know, three times a weekend for three weekends in a row, and then you might not get booked for three weeks. Yeah, like that's what it's like at this level, you know. So I try not to get stuck into that too much. So yeah, that's the best way to put it. Uh, there, you know, there are goals I could, I'd love to be able to do that, but I wouldn't, I don't want to say it out loud just yet. I don't think yeah. I'm experienced enough. Yeah. So uh, just in terms of then you know you want to do a bit more and you want to be able to you know to fulfill your goals as such in terms of uh, the toll physically on your body then i mean obviously you're 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 just a whippersnapper at 25 or whatever you are you know so yeah how long does it take you to to get over about a five is it you know do you rock up to work the following day and you're like oh this is great i'm or you're a bit like oh my god me me joints sort of thing like and and and, uh, and, therefore, and therefore, how how 
how often would you be physically able to fight within uh, you know a, a period of a week or 10 days or you know are you are you looking at one show a week and that's about it or could you do more or so the most i've done i i'm i'm quite lucky i've been like complimented by a few wrestlers who do quite a lot like we need to do it full time uh who i'm friends with as well and give me some great advice like they're like sometimes they're like james you are the best wrestler on this card because i'm so character driven i like wrestling i like doing all the moves and stuff but i'm so character driven that a lot of times like i wrestle we won't do much because we won't do it like many big moves because it, it's not really needed. Like the crowd are into the match. Um, yeah. And like, you know, the, I, but I, I like doing like recently as well, the last few months, I've liked doing the matches where you're doing a lot. So I can like do the character, but also do like my, my peers can watch and go, God, oh, James Ellis went, went well today. You know what I mean? He worked hard, you know? Yeah. I like, I work hard on every, and every show. Like I find anyways, I always give 110%, but sometimes, yeah, I don't like. I don't feel like I've done much in the, in terms of match movements and stuff like that. Just because a lot of it's like character based work. Um, yeah. And keeping the crowd involved, keeping the crowd entertained. It really depends on what crowd you're working in front of. You can have these rabid like independent wrestling fans. They're all over it. Like I did a show on the weekend in Prism in Cardiff. Prism, like the club, not Prism. Oh, all right. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. I had that a few times. That, is that for days yeah. for like clarification? Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask that question, so thanks. But, like, you know, I went out there and it was full of, like, it was an 18-plus event. Everyone's doing that to you. You know what I mean? And, like, that, and then the matches all move, 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 move. Like, a little bit of character work, move, 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 move. So I didn't really feel like that much toll on my body. But then I wrestled Sunday as well. I did loads in that match, but also it was like uh, a holiday. I'm going to say holiday camp show match. In terms of like, it was a just lot. Just for Dave's clarity, yeah, just for Dave. <laughs> there was a lot of like, there was a lot of families in the crowd, so obviously no swearing, nothing like that. But then like, you know, even to the point where I get out with the ring, like, and the, the, the good guys, they're like, come on, let's fight. And I'm like, no, 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 take my time. And then everyone starts calling me a chicken. <laughs> and I'm like, this is exactly what I'm paid to do. Being the bad guy, just be, being a, being a shithouse heel. Um, <laughs> but then we go in there and then I'm taking 14 shoulder tackles in a row and I'm bumping for everything. And then I'm after, like, I'm all right, I'm buzzing after the mass, the adrenaline's high. And then about half hour later, I'm sitting outside having a beer and I'm like, oh, my back's hurt. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, that can be the physical toll. But then, like I said, I am in terms of like a wrestling career as well, a whip, a snapper. And I'll like I don't mind bumping around for anyone. And I'm sure if you ask me that question five years time, I'd be like, yeah, it takes me quite a while. Um, <laughs> but not now. Wow. No, so, no. Uh, I just love this... it. Like I, I'd, I'd wrestle seven days a week if I could. This, listening to that that little rundown of like a few days where you did like quite different shows, it's it sounds like. Well, I'll ask you the question: What percentage of what you do overall? taking the different types of fight, the kids in one audience, the drunk teenage young 20s in another, what percentage do you think is the actual wrestling and what percentage is the, the character and, and working the audience of the overall of what you're going to do? What do you think it sits at? I really think that depends on a number of factors. Who you're wrestling? Like, I may turn up one day and I'm like, let's go, let's do everything in the book like everything we could think of let's entertain them uh, and then that could be in front of you know that could be in front of like one of the, the one of the one of either one of the crowds you just mentioned but then you can turn up and like sometimes you just know that you've got to go out there and put on a good show and keep the keep the the audience entertained and like it can be a split you know what i mean you could like spend five six minutes just getting the crowd to boo and yay you and then the next day you could be wrestling and within 30 seconds you've locked up and you're going and like you're just wrestling. But it, it, it honestly just depends on the crowd, the opponent, um, what the feelings are and like what you think you we should do. Should we do like where are we on the card? You know what I mean? You could be third on the card or you could be last main event. That every every spot is different on a show, like every match uh, on a sorry, every match on a card is different, like in what they bring to the audience like you're on first 
you need to get the audience up for it. You need to like keep them engaged and involved and make sure the next person like comes out and like keeps them at a level and doesn't dip them. Like I was on third on Sunday and the crowd kind of dipped. So the promoter came up for me and my opponent and said, look boys, need you to get them back up for it. Hence why like the bell rang and we didn't lock up for three minutes. I left the ring and got a pint of water by the bar while everyone was calling me chicken because that engages them. And then they're interested on what happens in the ring because they want to see me get beat up. Like, <laughs> and again, like I'm speaking, like I said, I'll tell you right now, like, you know, I'm not the best person to be saying all this because I'm like not that experienced, but this is like from stuff I've heard of people who are more experienced than me. And like things I take, I try to take on as best I can. And yeah, it just it just comes from speaking to people more experienced and re- like you only get better at wrestling by wrestling people who have done it longer and who are better than you because they'll teach you stuff and like you'll learn something from every match you do when you're wrestling someone better than you and more experienced. You are the best person for us to be asking because it's you we are asking and you are at this point in a journey. So we couldn't ask somebody who's two years behind you or two years in front of you what it's like to be you now. So you are the best person for us to be asking these questions. Yeah. And it's quite fascinating to listen to it, to be honest. Yeah. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. No, no. I, to be honest, I was just about to say something very similar, to be honest, Dave. Yeah, it, it is absolutely fascinating just to hear what goes into it. If you, you know, you, honestly, I don't think you realise how well you put it across to us. It is, it is a fascinating lesson in terms of how you're reading the crowd, how you, you know, how your opponent's reading the crowd. And how, you know, and just literally how you design and set it all out it gives us a little bit of a better indication in terms of, so when Gaz asked that question earlier, what, what, what's scripting and what's not, the bottom line is, I guess the script's made up as you're going along based on how people interpret it. So when you say you're the heel and you know that, you know, the people are getting on your case, you know, in the good old days of uh, yeah. world of sport, there'll be a little old lady jumping in the ring and giving you a battery with a yeah. handbag. Does it, does that, does, does anything that anybody ever says to you, like from the crowd, does that ever sting a little bit? Not really. Like, I remember once there's been certain times where I haven't really had an answer for them because I've been shocked at what they said. One of them is like, I, I did a show, a holiday camp show up in South Wales Valleys. And let's just put it this way I was called a homophobic slur. And best way to put it, from a kid, like a kid. <laughs> and like, you know, I'm awful. Like, you can call me in. You could, like, you. I don't care if a kid swore at me and said that. But, like, I'm not. But also, at the same time, I don't, like, I don't like that. Like, that's not that's not the way, like, you know, I was raised and stuff. I literally looked at the announcer. I was like, what do I say to that? And he's like, if I look, if I, the announcer was like, if I'd seen that, I'd have literally had him kicked out. Because I was like, it's not about that. You know what I mean? There's a, there's yeah. a fine line. Like, someone, I was on a show on the weekend, and, like, the crowd were drunk, and they started, to, like, there was a guy who was a little bit larger. They started shouting, get your titties out. And instead of, like, you know, that being shut down, he he sadly engaged with it. And the rest of the match was just that. He was getting, they were just, every time he got in the ring, you know what I mean? Like, there's, there's certain lines I find that are just a little bit, like, it's not really needed. And, like, yeah, any slurs, like, obviously, like, I never, like, you know, no, there would be no, no racial stuff or anything like that. But yeah, there's 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 a, like anything else I'll sort of engage with. You can stick your middle finger at me. You can call me a prick. You could probably even call me a ginger prick, and it really <laughs> wouldn't bother me. But like certain things that I know would offend other people, that's yeah. what yeah. get to me a little bit. Like I, that's where I'm like, ah, come on, guys, there's a line here. You know what I mean? There's so, a difference, yeah, not, I guess. Like that. Sorry, I was going to say there's a difference, yeah, I guess, sorry. between a difference between attacking the character. And basically yeah. just saying something that's just plain offensive or, or unpleasant yeah. to, to the individual. Yeah, and it's just something where, like, how do I reply to this? You know what I mean? Like, that, that's that's where I... I like, it's only been once or twice, really, where I've, like, had to sort of deal with it. And I'm really, like, I've just, like, fobbed them off and told them to shut up because it's the only thing you can say because you're also in a position where you can't be seen to say something, like, nasty. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, or something... something like to reply to it because like that makes you just as bad. You've got to imagine shut up your fucking bell end or something like that. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Because no, exactly. as much as you might want to say that, you're not you're not in a position to be able to do that because then all of a sudden then that's just like that that doesn't work either. No. Probably the worst the, the, the best one I came up with, I think on the fly, 
some kid was calling me like fat or something like that, which I didn't bother me. I was like, I, I'm definitely not, but that's fair enough. Mate, they're calling uh, you fat, they're calling me obese. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> and again, it was it was one of these kids that like not not of the this a different kind of show. Um, it wasn't you know it wasn't a like uh, one of those like the holiday camp shows. It was just a general show, but it was like a family show. And he called me fat. I can't remember if he was fat or he might have been ginger. And I made a bit back. And I just basically said, Where'd you get your haircut? Oh, what'd you get your haircut by? Or what'd you get your haircut with? A spoon? I've never seen a kid just go, He had a proper like bowl cut. with a spoon. I've never seen a kid. I literally the rest of the match. Like, I li- the best part is, like, the kid then made himself a target because every time I hit a move, I was just looking at him being like, Look at that spoon. <laughs> <laughs> and carry on. This kid's massively traumatized now. He's like, Dad, I don't like I it. Know. I'm not a bully or anything, but like, it, was, it was just like, it, it was, uh, it was probably not the best. Uh, like, maybe, not the, maybe not the best story to tell. Like, it, like, it wasn't, I, yeah, wasn't but, terrible. We enjoyed it. Like, yeah. <laughs> what else did we have? I've had, I just saw recently as well, a kid was like saying to me, I, I, I didn't have anything back. The, it's the first part, like, the adults will like get it to a point they'll boo you like if they're drunk and they're really interesting they might like swear or something like that which is fine but then like the kids can be ruthless you know what i mean like in their, in, in their insult um yeah. so yeah like that's 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 like the that's like the but it, then again not like putting that over but like interaction between audience and and, and your, yourself is is great because it gets you know the match over like I can go up there and just shout and be a prick and people are booing me and I've done the, the good guy's job is half done for him because all he's got to do is give me a punch and they'll cheer. You know, like that's that's wrestling and to an extent, you know what I mean? You go out and you you enjoy your beer and you're out socialising and stuff. Have you ever had any bother in terms of people sort of assuming in a way that you are similar to your character or by, you know, yeah. And I don't want to say recognise and you give it the big, oh, do you know who I am sort of thing, but have you ever found yourself in a situation where you have been recognised by people because of you wrestling and you, they've seen you and they've then made an assumption that you are similar to your character? No, no, not really. Uh, as a rule, like, uh, once the show's over, if people want to come up and chat to me, if I'm at the merch table selling merch, I'll talk to them oh, okay. as yeah, myself. Yeah, yeah. And unless, you know, again... One of those holiday camp shows, I'll stay in character because, like, that's what's expected of from the promoter. Like, but I would, like, not, like, not ridiculously like a dick and like that, but okay. you just stay in character, being like, yeah, I'll sign, I'll go on there and I'll sign your poster. But then, yeah, a lot of the times, like, I did a show back in April, we did a two night event. Uh, it was over WrestleMania. So we did it before the show both nights and then watched WrestleMania after in a watch party. But where we were, we were cut off from the fans. So, I felt like I felt quite big time here because we were cut off from the fans. <laughs> so we were in a different room uh, and we had free drinks as well. I was like, this is amazing. But I would go in, like, after the free drinks had ended, I would go in and get a pint or uh, get a drink and there'd be fans in there and I'd chat them like normal. We'd chat about uh, wrestling. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I find that like fans what make wrestling happen. If you didn't have like wrestling, wrestling fans turn up shows, and shows breaking even or shows making money, then they wouldn't do more shows. So therefore, I wouldn't get the rest of them. So like you've got to like you do the show. Once the show's over, like to a certain extent, not like too much. Don't be too nice, but like you have a conversation with them. Um, you know, you converse and like you know, you see you. I always like say I appreciate you coming to the show. Thank you very much for coming. Hope you yeah. enjoyed. Like yeah. you know, do and you ever come get... and watch me, and I'll be a dick to them again. <laughs> like, do you... Do you, you know? do you ever get do you ever get the fans though like and you've probably seen that you'll have seen the clip on YouTube the guy just believes it is utterly utterly real do you do you get much of those type of fans that are absolutely buying to every bit of it yeah hundred percent yeah man. I lost a, I lost a, I lost a belt the other week I I, I love that like you know what mm. I mean I, I love the fact that they're so into it because you know if everyone's in on the like wink wink sort of thing it's just you know you've got to it, that's the reason we all got into it. I think that definitely changes when you become a wrestler or get into it and start training in it because you sort of like see the other side of it as in like w- what it actually takes to do it. And then you, I probably, you probably gain more respect for the people who've done it before you and were doing it. But yeah, no, like the, I lost the belt and like genuinely like those people like 
it's all filmed. There's generally people like, because they didn't think I was going to lose, but I did. And like, that's like cool to see, you know what I mean? Like, especially like as, as to be fair to the, the promoter who, who, and he's also my, he's one of my trainers as well. It was the, our, our refs, our training school is there. It's the belt for the training school and the shows they do. Um, and luckily I was enough, I was lucky enough. I was selected to be the first champion for it because I was a bad guy and it was always good to put a belt on a bad guy first. And I was lucky I got picked for it, but obviously then the chase is on because you want the good guy to take the belt off the bad guy. And yeah, I lost. And there was people shocked because I cheated three times to win previous on previous shows. So they just thought I was going to cheat again to win. And instead I lost. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so there's people into that. And people were generally buzzing when the good guy won as well. So like we done our jobs for the evening. It was uh, yeah, real special. Did it suck having to give up the belt? No. Like, especially as I was with one of my mates and wrestling as well, who I got like you know, I get on with and it was it was that it was that person's time. Like it, it it's not about winning or losing wrestling, it's about like having a good match and making sure that whoever you've wrestled in front of or whoever you've wrestled for is entertained or said good job. In my mind, like winning or losing doesn't matter, like, cause it's scripted, you know, it's predetermined. But like, if we'd gone out there and I'd shit the bed and then his moments ruined, that would have been, I would have been gutted with that. I'd been pissed off for myself. And I hopefully don't think we did. I think we did all right. So yeah, it was, it was, it was a really good show. Ah, fair play, fair play. I, I genuinely think I've learned a lot about wrestling tonight, yeah. dude. I, I really do. I think it's been a really, really interesting perspective about it. So just on fans, I've got to ask another question here, just on the basis of a friend of ours, Shana McShane, who does the Tiddy and Shana show out at Oklahoma. So they they had this thing, so they did one, and they did a commentary on wrestling, okay? So they came out, and it was midget wrestling. And Shana, God bless him, he got high... <laughs> I mean, he was high as fuck, and for whatever reason, thought it'd be really entertaining if he ran and jumped into the ring and started wrestling these midgets. Yeah, no word of a lie. And they, there's about four or five of them. They kicked the shit out of him. You know what I mean? They uh, I bet they did. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he got. I, and we have it on video, and it is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. This guy, this guy, lets he jumps in, smacks one of them, and he doesn't move, and it's like. Well, you know the way this is going to go. He gets his ass kicked and handed to. Have you had anybody? Have you had anybody who got, got a little bit too carried away at one of your events? Not at one of mine, but I know recently one of my mates was on a show and he was wrestling. A, a fan actually jumped in, and um, yeah, they were luck, they were lucky that they the, the rest didn't catch them because they beat the fuck out of them. Because <laughs> unwritten rule: once you get in that ring, if you're a fan. And it's not planned. And you're just getting there because you want to have a bit of clout. Good luck. Because it's like, yeah. like jumping in the ring and going to Stone Cold Steve Austin on a house show in like <laughs> 1999 or 2000. And he's wrestling Triple H, who is also like that. So the match ends and the fan jumps in. The referee's still in there as well. Just about to get on to Stone Cold. Triple H, who's just played the bad guy for 20 minutes. And like judo, like UFC judo throw, throws him over his shoulder. And just starts pummeling him. And then the referee starts pummeling him as well. Because they're like, once you get in there, like, hey, bonkers, mate. And like, the, same, the same, like, rule applies, like, in the UK. Like, there's a fan gets in the ring and they're just doing it for clout. Good luck. Cause, Good luck to you, yeah. <laughs> the, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, do, you, do you ever see so it getting back on the... It. Yeah, do you ever see it getting back on the telly in the UK? In what way? WWE or like World of Sports? No, no, I mean, yeah, the World of Sports stuff, like, you know, the stuff that you're doing, I do think that it is something that's missing, you know, in terms of there's so many channels available to watch now. There's an awful lot of shit on TV. It would be really good if we actually could put something like that on, which I used to absolutely love back in the day. They, they, did, a, they did a World of Sport revival a couple of years ago. Uh, they did a one-off and they did a series, I think it was like 10 episodes, and they didn't. They did like a tour. But they didn't renew it then. Um, and then WWE UK came along, which was obviously on BT Sports. So it was a quite a big thing. So yeah, I think there's definitely scope for it to to come back. Like I said, there might be a European brand. Apparently, they, when they closed the UK brand down, they said it's to revamp and reopen as as UK as European. Interesting. As a European brand in um, either this year or next year. So I I I think it would be, but I think. 
like that kind of wrestling Saturday afternoon, like you know, yeah. you know, sportatorium sort of like you know, sort of wrestling. Like it's not gone because it's everywhere. Like if you see like some of the touring companies, Welsh wrestling does nigh on two hundred shows a year. There's another one in England called Mega Slam Wrestling. They do like nigh on two hundred shows a year. There's definitely scope like All Star Wrestling. Uh, that's another one. That was that was around in the seventies. It's still going today. You know these 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 companies like tour around the UK and they do like Mega Slam did a show the the other day in front of like fourteen hundred people. That's mental. Fourteen hundred paying customers. That's good. So there's definitely scope for it. Definitely scope for it. Indeed, indeed. So we're around about the hour mark, which is where we tend to bring these episodes to a close. So Dave. Gaz, have you got any questions for James while he's still here? I, I just, just one final one for me, and and I, I half suspect you might have mentioned him a couple of times. Who's your favourite wrestler? Then you know who's the guy that you are. I, I just want to be that guy. I haven't, I haven't mentioned my favourite wrestlers, but I'll give you a number of them because okay. I always mess up who is my favourite wrestler. Like my favourite wrestler of all time, I think, is Chris Jericho. I okay, think. but if I had to give a top five. Triple H is one, Kurt Angle, Christian, Edge, AJ Styles. And I just knew, like, nothing. Like, I love The Rock, The Rock as well. I yeah. actually call myself The Brill at points. And some of it stuck with people. Like, I call myself The Brill, as in Rocky called himself Rocky Johnson and then became The Rock. You know, like, yeah. there's certain aspects. Like, you, you've got to take little bits from, from people who you, like, like admire and, and, like, love this stuff. So, nice. yeah. There, there are a couple. Absolutely. Dave, you got any questions? No, I haven't got any questions, no. But, um, if, oh, yeah, I was going to say we're going to, to sign off, but you're going to do your sponsor stuff first, aren't you? I am going to do the sponsor stuff first, yeah. So if you are indeed listening to this podcast and you enjoy a beer with it, maybe some snacks would go nicely with that. We would recommend some olives, some nuts, some pretzels, or some chocolate-covered pretzels. Head over to ollies-ollies.com. And if you use the promo code Tallboy Radio for your base in the UK, you will get 20% off your order. And Tallboy Radio is all capitals and all one word. And with every order placed on their website, they donate a school meal to a child in need with the help of Warm Feeds too. So, yeah, I'll tell you what you can tell us, James, well, because like we say, I know you have your website there where you sell your merch. Those T-shirts I know that you're wearing right now, I had a look on your website, unfortunately are out of stock. Are they going to be back in stock anytime soon? Uh, these ones aren't, but I've got some new ones coming out uh, that have just been ordered now. They're available on my on my website to pre-order as we speak. Uh, my big cartel is under James Ellis Pro Wrestler. There you go, there you go. Well, I give you my word, I will order one of those today. So we've just shared where you can get your T-shirts from, and I promise you this: as soon as we're done here, I'll go and order myself one. That's you know, as a thank you for coming on the on the episode. So, did thank you, you want much. to say? No, 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 absolute pleasure. Did you want to say your goodbyes to our listeners? Yeah, uh, thank you very much for having me on. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed me rambling on about uh, professional wrestling. And, uh, yeah, I uh, hope that one day you go to watch a wrestling show and maybe I'll be on it. If you want to follow any of my socials, they're all under James Ellis PW. Uh, And, yeah, if you want to buy a T-shirt, that is available on my big cartel. Thank you very much. There you go, there you go. Gazza? Yeah, look, I think you, you, you mentioned it a little bit earlier. I, I, I feel like I've learned loads about like the, the world of wrestling and sort of more behind the scenes. And, and, and I suppose in a way it's not necessarily all the glitz and glamour that you see, but, you, you know, the, the, there's guys that are trying to, to I say, follow a dream and this, that and the other and, and, and entertain us. But no, I've, I've really enjoyed this episode. I, you know, yeah, thanks very much, James, for, for coming on. It's been it's been great chatting, but no, love this episode. Uh, and I said at the start, it's great when we have people on who we, we, we haven't had on before. It's great to hear their stories and, and just their life and, and their life journey and stuff. So, uh, listen, I wish you all the very best in the future, pal. Hope it really, really goes well for you. I hope you headline way many, many, many more, more sort of events. So, um, all the best to you, buddy. Indeed. Thank you very much. Dave? Yeah, echoing a lot of gas as there. It seems that you're um, you're pretty sensible, you're pretty hardworking, and pretty dedicated by by everything we've listened to tonight. I mean, I, I love the way that you you have your plan, and it's just one step at a time, and the next goal is a little bit bigger, and you're not thinking like you know I'm going to be W 
W-E-N-D, big, whatever it's called in America. What's it called, the big <laughs> thing? Royal Rumble, Rumble Royal. Well done. I just love I just love the way you've got these steps and you, you and once you get that you set yourself another one, the next one along. And um yeah, as a guy says, you know, I hope you I wish you every success. So I think if you keep working out, there's no reason you can't get there. Yeah. I think you've nailed it pretty much in there. And I was thinking along those lines myself as well, to be honest, Dave, but I was thinking about how to wrap this up. So one of my favorite shirt companies is Dicks and Flannel, as you well know. And their motto is work hard, stay humble. And you, my friend, seem to have absolutely nailed that motto. So like I said, we wish you all the best. Hopefully, if we do come to an event, we'll get to see you there. And our listeners will hopefully see you there. And and, and we, we can only say, like, dude, just if you, I think if you stick to your plan, I have no doubt, no doubt you'll have every success in the world. And thank you very much for sharing your stories with us today, because genuinely, we really have learned a lot about what it actually takes to do what you do. So thank you very much. Thank you very much. And thank you for listening, guys. So we'll see you next week. Take care. <laughs>